Good to see you all tonight in the Lord's house for our evening service. We're going to begin with a well-known hymn, one of good praise to the Lord, number 52, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Let's stand as we worship the Lord tonight. Bow, please, before the Lord now in prayer and bring our evening service to Him. 
Our Father and our God, as we bow tonight humbly in Your holy presence, we do so very conscious of our need of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to enable us to worship aright, enable us to lift our souls in praise, to be able to pray and read and understand the Scripture. And therefore, tonight, O God, we ask once more that each believer would be very much aware of the Savior here. Lord, You've promised that where two or three are gathered in the name of Christ, that He is one of our number. And so, we are thankful for that promise and that Word, and we believe it, Lord. We depend upon it this evening. And so, we ask that every child of God be very much aware the Word being written on our heart, the Spirit applying its truth to us, that our love for our Lord Jesus would increase, Lord, not just day by day, but moment by moment as we walk and fellowship and pray and commune, and that we would be strengthened with might in the inner man, that our faith would grow, that our awareness of our Lord Jesus through the Scriptures would grow, and that we would be a brighter testimony, that our feet would be standing firm upon the solid ground, and that we will not be blown about by winds of doctrine or winds of fear that would come from the devil. Let not the storms of opposition that come against the church of Christ make us even blink. Lord, help us to realize that we are anchored in our Lord and that we are able to stand because that Word has been given to us, having done all to stand. We stand, Lord, not by our power. We're thankful tonight that He that is in us is greater than He that is in the world. And therefore, O God, we as a congregation of people, weak and feeble though we might be ourselves, yet we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And so, unite us, O God, we pray. Let there be no division at all. Let there be no issue between any believer, brother and sister. But, O oh God, let us keep our eyes fastened upon Him who is our Beloved, our Savior, our Master, our King, and our Friend, a Friend that is closer to us than any other human relationship possible. And, O oh Lord, what joy there is to place our head upon our pillows at night and just rest in Christ and to know that our souls are held in His hand, and that we are secure and safe beyond any attack that may come. And our souls are secure. And when it comes that time, Lord, when we will 
have our feet placed in the river Jordan and come to the edge of the time of our death, we know we will be carried safely over by our Lord and that we will be no danger of hell, for we are glorified already. We are already seated in heavenly places in Christ. And therefore, we have all these spiritual possessions and blessings through Christ Jesus. Oh Lord, we're thankful today, thinking again this morning of the great merit of our Lord Jesus Christ applied to us, and all the value, all the worth of our Lord Jesus, those unsearchable riches. We speak the word We try to scratch the surface of definition. Ah, but Lord, we know in our hearts those things that we cannot speak and those things we cannot even formulate with some descriptive form. Yet we know, O God, that our beloved, our Savior is ours and that we are His, not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. And that hope is a great hope. And that hope is a secure and lasting, defining hope for our journey through this life. Lord, don't allow us to be cast down. Don't allow us to be set aside. Lord, do not allow the devil to come with some temptation to make us stumble and fall, to bring dishonor upon Your name. But help us to go forward in the victory and the joy and the blessing of Calvary and of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus from the grave. And so, Father, tonight, asking that we would all be very much aware of Your presence with us, and that the Scripture would be strength to our heart and encouragement to our way, and that we would all be faithful witnesses and servants of our Lord and Master Father, hear the prayer that we offer for those in our congregation who are sick at this time. We think of our sister Isabel Glynn. We pray for her tonight in hospital, that, Lord, You would cause the bones that have been broken, that they would heal and knit properly together, that You would give her mobility in her legs and knees and hip and so on. Lord, You would just bless this senior saint and she would know Your presence. We pray for Ted. Lord, You know his need. And we ask for rich blessing to be upon uh, these, this dear couple that You would hide them in the center of Your will and blessing. We think of Mrs. Nichols tonight. And we ask, Lord, for comfort and for strength and blessing upon her that You would comfort her and stabilize her in this time of her need. Remember others of our elderly, thankful that my mom is here tonight. Your hand would be upon her to bless her and strengthen her in her body. Pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon all of the sick ones and those that are in some special need. Just be very, very close to them. We hold up serene tonight and the loss of her dear uncle, so close to her, so helpful in her family. And Lord, bless her now and be with the rest of her uncle's family as well. Think of our brother Ron. Good to see him here today. And Lord, also Brother Richard Teo. 
Lord, you know the needs of this brother. Strengthen him and bless him and encourage him as well. And others of our either shut in or elderly and not able to be in the house of God, Lord, strengthen them and bless them. Thankful that Mrs. Lee is here with us tonight. What a joy to renew fellowship with this dear saint of, of God. And Father, pour out your blessing upon her, we pray, and strengthen her, encourage her heart, and for David and Susie as well. And Lord, many, many others that have special needs or they have some particular burden maybe upon their heart, comfort them, surround them in your grace and love, and just let them know that they are being carried and supported and strengthened day by day, moment by moment. So, Father, be with us in every part of our meeting tonight. Help us, help us to draw encouragement one from another, and our fellowship after the service tonight. May it also be a time of blessing. Lord, you know, you know the issues of our city today. You know what's been going on, Lord. Nothing is hidden from you. Lord, we're very concerned in so many ways because we read in the Word how that you went down to see what was happening in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and their sin rose up as a stench to heaven. And, O God, we pray that in wrath you would remember mercy. And, Lord, we are asking for grace to work in the hearts of those who are of yours, that you would call them out, that you would save them by sovereign and divine grace, those caught up in lifestyles of great iniquity. And, O God, we think of what was said of those in the book of Corinthians to the Corinthian church, that such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are cleansed. And, O God, you have cleansed us from our sin, and we pray that you would have mercy upon those and call them out of a wicked and depraved, defiled lifestyle. But, Lord, we also ask that those that have given themselves over to such animosity and hatred and bitterness and vitriol against the Christ of God, those that have been given over to a reprobate mind, that, O oh Lord, You would stop them from their evil purposes, that You would cause there to be an overturning of that which is wrong and evil, and, O oh God, have mercy upon us in our time. It would seem impossible, Lord, for anything good to come out of such evil. But we're asking, Lord, that You would raise up those who fear God and raise up lights in a dark world and place and have mercy upon our city and our province. And, O oh Lord, for spineless politicians, we pray that You would raise up men and women of God that would stand in our time. And Lord, we pray for our leaders. We've been commanded, exhorted to do such a thing. And Lord, we are asking that You would turn the heart of politicians away from the course of evil to do that which is right and true 
Dear Lord, hear our prayer tonight, for we stand in great need, and we have no other help that can come to us apart from the help of a sovereign God. Lord, we know that You're not in heaven in distress, not worried, not fearful of what the devil's going to do. We are trusting a sovereign God who knows the end from the beginning, and our hope and our safety and our eternal security is safe, Lord, in Your hands. And so we are thankful tonight for that. Hear our prayer. Come to our aid, Lord, we pray. We ask all these things in the name of our Lord and our Savior. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's sing again to the Lord's praise, number 243. 243, and we will stand again to sing. The God I love, prone to wander, to drift away. Well, that would be the testimony of each one of us because we're all uh, like silly sheep. We all tend to drift and wander and stray away. But thank God for His sovereign grace and love and the cables of divine providence that keep us firmly connected to Him. And He does not let us wander far away from Him. Ah, thank God for sovereign grace.
grace tonight. We're going to read in our Bibles the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews 11, the first six verses. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Keep your finger in that portion. We'll be coming back to this chapter again later in the service. It's good to hear the testimonies of people. It's a lovely thing to be able to see and hear how someone has found their way by the Lord's leading to come to Christ in salvation. We know that everyone comes by their own story because we all have a different life to live. But though the Lord takes us by many different pathways, we all must come through Christ for salvation, and that's the joy that there is. It has to be by faith. And so, the testimony that Enoch had, it was one, we are told, that pleased God, for he himself pleased the Lord. Enoch was a man who walked with the Lord, a man whose life was, well, categorized, qualified, characterized by a man who loved the Lord and a man whose footsteps each day of his life were in the way of righteousness and truth and peace. And the world in which Enoch lived was not a peaceful world because as long as there is sin in the world, it will always be harassed, contaminated, upside down by violence, sin of all dimension and form. Enoch did not live in a time period where it was easy to be a follower of God. He lived in the time frame that all of us have ever lived in 
when there is evil abounding on every hand. If you read commentators and preachers from the Middle Age time, or from the Reformation days, or in the days of the Great Awakening, whether it was Whitfield or Wesley or Spurgeon, they all spoke about what it was like to live in their time, and great evil, and increasing worldliness. (laughs) It's the characteristic of every age, isn't it? No different for this man. And yet, he walked in a way that God said he was pleased with him, pleased with his testimony. And do you know something? Exactly what was written of Enoch can be written of each one of us here tonight. As God looks down upon you, He sees your life not as you struggling to become a Christian or struggling to live in victory and struggling here and there. No doubt there are problems, but the Lord looks upon your life tonight as He sees you through the unsearchable riches of Christ. We thought of it this morning. He sees you through the merit of His Son. And as God the Father looks upon us, He sees us living each day and our lives pleasing Him. It's hard for us to grapple with that truth. The reason, because we see ourselves as disappointing the Lord. We see ourselves in our failures. And I admonish all of us, as the Scripture does, that we should endeavor to walk in a manner that pleases our God. We want to be obedient, not disobedient. We want to be faithful, not faithless. We want to be honoring Christ, not dishonoring Him. We want to be pleasing the Lord in the way in which we live And the Spirit empowers and enables us to do just that. So, let us not be discouraged or let us not have our hands hanging down, being depressed or cast aside, but lifting our hearts always heavenward toward our Lord and Savior. Good to see you all tonight in the house of the Lord. You're very, very welcome. And if you're here in person, or if you're watching our service online, you're very welcome. We're happy that you're here with us. Very encouraging to have Mrs. Inson Lee with us tonight. And uh, it's been a long time since Mrs. Lee has been in our church here, but she lives in Greenville, South Carolina. And so she's up visiting her daughter Susie, son-in-law David, and their family. And we're very happy that you're here tonight. Our sister Hyacinth was going over to welcome Inson in the service and I said, this is, you know Stephen Lee from Sermon Audio. This is Mum. Oh, is that right? That's a very special thing too. And uh, so we're encouraged by that and uh, very happy for the, the good work that Stephen is doing through Sermon Audio. And uh, we are happy to be using that ministry tonight. And you're joining us online. If you are, then you're watching through that particular medium this evening. So we're thankful about that. And if you're visiting tonight and I don't have your name or you've come back again, you're online for the first time, well, you're very welcome and we trust the Lord will bless you. To that end, make sure you plan to stay behind afterward. We have fellowship downstairs, some light refreshments, and most important, an opportunity to have fellowship one with another. Please remember in prayer, Isabel, we're praying for her as we continue to hold her up before the Lord, still in hospital 
and we pray the Lord would direct her in her life and bless our brother Ted in all of the concerns there are there. And please remember Mrs. Nichols in your prayer. She's not been well this last little while, and well, Debbie and Norm greatly would appreciate your prayers for her at this time. Thinking about Steve Kelly and our sister Carol, and I was with them on Friday afternoon at 4.30, their time, B.C. time, that is. And uh, we'd have made arrangements before to get together for dinner at the retirement home where they're living in. So I just nicely get set down in Steve and Carol's uh, apartment, and the phone rings. And who's on the phone? But our brother David. Dave Fraser was phoning Stephen. He had something to talk to him about, and that was a very funny, unusual situation that happens. And I was able to say hello to Dave as well. But do you remember... Uh, Steve and Carol, they greatly miss the congregation here. And uh, I, I was so happy to be able to spend just a dinner time with them. And then they came to the evening service at the ordination of Brother Fitton on Friday evening. And uh, it was a blessing to see them there, their daughter Esther uh, as well. Do remember Steve and Carol. Carol's getting weaker. And uh, Steve has also got his own health concerns and problems. But uh, he's just so thankful wants to be remembered to all the folks here, never misses a service online. I'm sure, Steve, you're watching tonight, so be assured of our prayers for you and for your family. And while I was thinking about that, it was a very blessed service on Friday night we had in Cloverdale for the ordination of Brother Fitton, Andrew Fitton. So today is his first official full service, beginning his ministry. I know he will greatly appreciate your prayers As he was ordained, he knelt down to the front of the church and the elders and ministers who were able to be there at that service. We showed you the photograph this morning. Well, it was a very encouraging thing. It's always a blessing to see a man being set forward into the gospel ministry. It encourages us that the work of the Lord is continuing. Uh, Christ is not finished with His church yet. And we are just a very small blip on that scale but still we are thankful that the Lord sees and knows all that are trying to serve Him faithfully in our generation. And so we're thankful for your prayers and do continue to hold up that congregation and those people before the Lord as well. His wife, his, her name is Hannah. And so remember Brother Andrew and Hannah Fitton as they are serving there. Well, as we think about that, we don't want to forget also about the work in Fredericton and Brother Frank DiDerno, who's going to be going there, Lord willing, in September. I think it's the second week of September. We're having a sending service for him on August the 27th, an evening service. There'll be a time of fellowship afterward, and they'll be down for that meeting, and we will be hearing testimony from his wife and from him as well, just what the Lord has been doing in their own hearts and do remember that work in Fredericton. So, we have Orlando is now a pastor and now Cloverdale. Fredericton is getting closer to it, and we're praying also for the work in Phoenix. And we want to see an expansion of the work in other cities across our own nation, that God would raise up young men. So, we have started a ministerial fund in our church to help and assist Uh, Brethren who are going out, young men who are beginning, 
So for Frank DiDerno, there's a ministry, the fund that is set up for him. And if you want to donate toward that work in Fredericton and him, just mark his name on your envelope, your church envelope. And then also for Brother Daniel Simon, as he begins the gospel study ministry, uh, he will also need your help. He's in Port Hope tonight, ministering there for Brother Cranston. These are so many things to be thankful for and to be rejoicing in the Lord about. Think about Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time at 7.30. Next Lord's Day, our regular services, morning service at 11, 6.30, the evening service. Our Sunday school finalized today for the summer break, and we want to remember all the boys and girls and the teaching staff as well. It's been a busy week for in so many ways. Went Thursday night, the graduation for the grade 8s from the Whitfield School, and Friday nights for the grade 12s, and school will be finished around Wednesday of this week, and lots of other work to be done there. Remember, please, all of our teaching staff, our administration, that the Lord would bless and comfort and encourage them in the Lord, in the gospel. Those are all things we want to think about. This Saturday, don't want to skip by this one, July the 1st, is our church barbecue, and it's going to be 6 o'clock in the evening because of the fireworks that are going to be put off in our field. It's been a nice time of fellowship we had last year and the year before, so if you have a family or friend, uh, somebody, neighbor, maybe you'd like to bring along, sign the list at the back tonight so we'll have to know how much food to prepare for, and we're looking forward to that time. It's nothing that's going to be, well, it's going to be a great time of fellowship and food. We always look forward to that. But just come along and just be a part of that evening time. Well, I asked our sister Betty Wimela Chandran if she would bring a message in song, and she's going to do that tonight. And uh, last Lord's Day, I think it was, I, no, it was the one before that, I think, I was reminding you about a Chinese pastor by the name of George Shen and how he served in China and he served in some very, very difficult circumstances. And I won't go into repeating all the details of that testimony now, but he is one example of many believers across this world who are persecuted for their faith. Well, as it turns out, George Shen, as he was in that, well... That slough of despond as he was shoveling manure every day. He was alone and able to sing, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And no one else would come near him because it smelt so bad and things were so bad in that circumstance. But he was able to praise God in that circumstance. And so her sister Betty thought she would like to sing that song tonight. Dear, please come. Oh, 
Thank you, Betty, for sharing that with us tonight. Very precious words and meaningful as well. Praise God for His goodness. Turn, please, again in your Bibles now to Hebrews 11. Reading from verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, and obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, 
out of weakness, were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in the dens and caves of the earth. All these, these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect or complete. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, we pray tonight now with the Word open that our hearts would be open to receive the truth. Give me strength, I pray, Lord, to speak the Word. Do not depend upon the arm of flesh. We need the power It is from the Holy Spirit, and I stand tonight, Lord, in need of that. And so, take, we pray, the Scripture, blessed Holy Spirit, and apply the truth indelibly upon every heart. Help me, I pray. We all need to be changed, to be sanctified, to grow more like our Lord Jesus, And it's that prayer that we ask for, Lord. So hear us now. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Last Lord's Day, I did not turn up this portion of Scripture, but in the message I read a few verses from this section. And I wanted to come back to it now tonight, and especially thinking about that phrase in verse 34. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, of the strangers, of those who were outside. Men and women have always walked by faith, and have not always, and most times not, been a part of the greats of this world. Some by a very lonely stand for truth. Some by going forward not knowing how they were going to make it, where they were going to go. They did not know their destination, that is, in this earth. Some suffered great persecution. Some have suffered 
problems and trials that we have no understanding of what that would be like. Some did mighty things for God, acts of valor, and others endured very cruel mocking and jeering from the world. Some were just common, ordinary folks. Others were kings and leaders and great men as far as the world is concerned. Some lived in peaceful times. Others witnessed for God in very tumultuous times. Some leaders, some noblemen, while others were just common laborers, if we could say it in that way. But whatever station of life they occupied, whatever notable acts that they did, they all had one thing in common. They were human, and as a consequence of that, weak in themselves. We may not be able to relate to some of the great acts of heroism that we've been reading about here in Acts 11, a great chapter of faith. It's so encouraging to read this and to read it through time and time again, to see how God moved in the lives of these people, and some of them were known as the greats. Some of them were known as the great leaders of the Old Testament, of Abraham and of Moses. And we read in verse 32, as it just sort of the Holy Spirit passed over, about Gideon and Barak and Samson, and of David and Samuel also, was not time. There was not time to cite all the acts of faith that these people did. And so in one verse, so many thousands of words and many chapters of the Old Testament of inspired history just gathered together and just placed before you, these also were people of faith, men and women who knew the Lord. Different times, in different ways, but they had something in common with all of us here tonight. And that is, we are frail creatures of the dust. And the Lord tells us in the Psalms, He knows our frame, and He remembers that we are dust. And that's a great truth to hold on to at the times when you think, Lord, I'm unable for all this. I can't keep going. I don't think I can live another day. Sometimes those thoughts come into your head. Ah, but just remember, believer, the Lord knows everything about us, and He knows every detail of our lives. And He knows that we are no different from any other human that has ever lived. What makes us different then? The difference is this, that God's grace has reached down and taken hold of us. And the sovereign love of our God that has brought us to salvation in Christ, that has anchored us upon the Lord Jesus, we are upon that rock. And the man, the woman that builds the house spiritually upon the rock of Christ, when the storms come, and they will, well, that house will stand secure. It's not going to be blown over or have the foundation swept away. No, we are safe and secure standing 
in our Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, we can be certain of this, that we are strong in faith. Ah, but you say, my faith is very weak. I have not much of it. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said. Though your faith is as a grain of mustard seed, the very smallest seed, and of that little seed grows a great tree, and birds come to nest under it, the Lord is emphasizing to us, it's not your estimation of the great size of your faith. It's the object of your faith. Where is it grounded? And that is the thing that we hope in tonight. Because our faith is grounded in a great Savior. And therefore, tonight, we can be strong in Him. Our text says, out of weakness they were made strong. The first thought we have is simply to point out the thing that we know is so obvious. We are very limited out of weakness. It's a fact. And it's a fact that, well, if you think there's some uncertainty about that fact, it won't be long until we fall upon our nose and we realize the certainty of it. But what do I mean by weakness? What does the Scripture mean when it speaks of that? Weakness, in a, as far as a definition is concerned, we all know what it means. It is sometimes a gradual draining away of energy. So if you feel very strong to go at a job you're doing, but it's hot outside, you're working for a few hours, the sweat's dripping down, by the end of the day, you feel the fatigue of strength, of muscles. Your body is sore. You say, I, I, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm all worn out. I have nothing else. You have experienced the slow, yes, the slow, gradual decline of physical strength, but it also applies to our mental and emotional well-being too. Because it may not be that there is a physical exertion, but maybe you're involved in something or going through something that drains you mentally. It drains you emotionally. And at the end of a, a very hard day like that, you find, I'm all worn out. I've got nothing left in the tank. I'm empty. I'm only running on fumes, as the saying goes. When we are facing circumstances like this, facing someone of greater strength against whom we are not able to overcome in the spiritual battles of life, we are no match for the great enemy of our souls. And in the weakness of our own constitution, and in the weakness of our own ability, we cannot come against Him and hope to win. We have to acknowledge and to know our limitations. So these people that lived in the Old Testament time, that are cited here in Hebrews 11, they were not unusual in their weakness. There is a humanness in this description that we are given here. And this description helps us, doesn't it? You come to a Scripture like that, you think, well, they were not superhuman people. They were just people like 
us, like me. And there is encouragement in that. There's help in that for us. We have to be reminded of it regularly because of the other side of the old nature that would build up within us and say, you can do it. It's all within your ability. No, pride is a thing that will rob us of that. And it's very foolish for us to deny the reality of our weakness. And if we can see pride rising up in us, and us thinking, I can handle this, I can take care of this myself, we may have proved some element of that by going through life and things have been going all right. And if we are enjoying things and positive outcomes in our life, maybe we get a bit self-confident. Maybe we get a bit lazy in our spiritual dependence upon the Lord and we're not attending to the reading of His Word. We're not attending to the place of prayer the way we should. And we find ourselves and the Lord will allow us maybe to stumble, maybe to fall down. Because He wants to be there and He is there to lift us up again and to teach us our need of Him. It's good for us to come to the point of knowing that when we have failed and we are totally responsible for that failure, well, it only emphasizes again that we are weak in and of ourselves. We are weak to resist evil. We're weak to resist the devil. We're weak to resist our own flesh. To know how to respond to people in a time of trouble. We feel the abject poverty of our own resources. Yes, it would be foolish to deny that. And it's good for us to know. When we admit our weakness, we are admitting that the enemy that we have against us is stronger than we are. We're admitting and acknowledging the devil is greater and more cunning than we are. He is more fierce and more intelligent, more able to cause us to fear. It's not defeatism to acknowledge what is true and real. It's important for us to do that. One of the greatest dangers that we face is either not being aware of our vulnerability or to live in such a confident manner that we think we're strong enough to withstand the temptation. We can handle this on our own. If you live in that deception, if any one of us do, we most certainly will fall. And the consequences that will come of shame, maybe, of the disgrace, possibly we would bring upon the Lord's name. Our text tells us that out of weakness they were made strong. And we will learn from that truth. A second thought is this that the spiritual strength that we need and that they had and needed, it does not come from within. It's not of ourselves. Notice the word in the text. It says very specifically that they were made strong. Out of weakness, they were made strong. This is an activity that took place and that takes place within us, but outside of our own power. 
because being made strong is an objective truth. It's not subjective. This is a strength given to them by another. And by the very context of the chapter, it's obvious that it's supernatural strength that is being given. And so when we come to acknowledge that if we are weak, and we acknowledge our weakness, and if we are going to be made strong, where is that going to come from? It's outside of you and I. And that strength that we come leads us to the acknowledgement of the dependence that we need and we have upon the Lord. A dependency. That is a great place for us all to be in. To be in the place where we acknowledge and know that we need someone, we need something, we need a strength that we don't have and possess naturally. We're not strong in ourselves, for our sufficiency is of God. In Isaiah 40 and verse 31, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so the believer that acknowledges and knows the inner weakness of self, where are they going to go to find that strength? They're not going to wait at some idea of building up their own resources. They'd better not be waiting in some psychology books or self-help methods. We have to come to wait at the only place where their strength is supernatural, and that's by waiting upon the Lord. And the very nature of waiting is that the answer is not going to come with the snap of our finger. The very nature of waiting is that we must be patient before the Lord, acknowledging our great need and acknowledging that the energy, the power, the strength is going to come to us. It may not be as quickly as we would like. It may not be in our time frame. But the longer that we are at that position of waiting upon God, the longer that we acknowledge our need of being there, the Lord is doing a deeper work in our hearts. And that is what I need. And I say to you tonight, believer, that is what you need. The acknowledging of our own dependence upon the Lord and then coming back to say, Lord, I must wait upon God. I need not tell you about the craziness of life in a big city. And you don't have to drive too long on the 401 to realize, if I don't keep up with things here, I'm going to be in trouble. And getting in the city is like getting on the, on the big merry-go-round that's spinning faster and faster. And sometimes you want to say, I need to get off this. But things are hectic. And life is hectic. And we are involved in this place where God has put us. Make no mistake. The Lord has placed us in a place of service here. 
And I know that we have to be careful not just to be swallowed up in all of the fury that's going on around us, but we also realize that we must not depend on ourselves to keep going in the midst of such a hectic, busy lifestyle and ministry and everything else. We must then, friends, not depend upon our own ability, but we must acknowledge the Lord and we must wait upon Him. We shall mount up with wings, the promise is. We shall mount up with wings as eagles to fly, to soar, and we will run and not be weary. That will only come as we have spent our time before the face of God and as we have seen by faith the face of our Redeemer. We will have no need to fear the face of a man. We will be able to go forward in the strength that He has given to us. We'll be made strong. It leads us to depend upon the strength of the Lord that will come to us. This is one of the the paradoxes in the Christian life. When I am weak, the apostle said, then am I strong. It did not mean at all that he was going to find some sort of glory or of false humility in acknowledging his weakness. You don't want to go down that road of just pretending humility and pretending, oh, I know how weak I am, oh, I know how weak I am, That's not what this is all about. We're talking about spiritual truth, Christian testimony and witness, but it's acknowledging the reality, yes, I know that my strength is not going to come within my intellect. It's not going to come with how I stir myself up. No, the strength that I have is going to be, first of all, to acknowledge that I know my weakness. I know my flesh. And I know that if I'm going to be strong and efficient for service, when I acknowledge my weakness before God, then the Lord will come to your aid to strengthen you in the time of your need. The glorious sufficiency that there is in Christ And it's because of that union we have with Him, because of the connection that we have with our Lord, that because of His merit that is applied to our lives, we have the connection, the line that joins us to Him. And His strength and His power is what flows to us And if we are standing in our justification, standing in the knowledge that we are united with our Lord Jesus, then we have the promise of His power. And we need not wonder and flounder around with this. We need not have some sort of boastfulness. No, because every time we would think about any pride, there is always the importance of acknowledging, I know, Lord who I am. I know where I have come from. And I know I have no strength of myself. I know that there is only strength to be found in my Lord. Sometimes, friends, it is the Lord who will allow us 
to go through our periods of fainting, periods of knowing our dependence upon Him. That's what He did with Peter. Peter was boasting of his own strength. You know it. And the Lord said, Peter, you will have to learn a very hard lesson here. And Peter, he did learn that lesson. And when the Lord met with him on the shore of Galilee, and he told him and asked him, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do. Are you sure you love me? Yes, I do. Do you really love me? Lord, you know You know all things, and you know that I love you. And so God was bringing His servant back to the place where he would be able to be used. And as Peter was going forward, standing up at the day of Pentecost, before all of the enemies around Jerusalem, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, able to stand and proclaim, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Was that Peter? It was Peter clothed with the power of God. Peter who knew his own weakness. Peter who never forget, forgot his weakness. And the Lord will be able to make use of us, believer, make use of you and your life and me to take us to a level to make us a witness for Him when we are brought to realize out of weakness I am made strong. And these dear people that learned that lesson in their life of the great sufficiency of Christ. Now someone might say, but wait a minute. We're told here that they did not receive the promise. And if they didn't receive the promise... How were they walking by faith? How did they have this strength? Because, friends, quite frankly, as we pointed out to you before, they did not see the promise yet completed. But don't make any mistake about it. That promise was directly given to them of the Messiah that was to come to bear away their sin. They depended on it. David depended on it. He knew it. He said, "'Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity.'" David knew his sin was forgiven. He knew he had a righteous standing before God. Abraham knew it. Moses knew it. These Old Testament saints were not dumb to these things. They were much more astute to faith than I think many Christians are. They knew the God in whom they loved and followed and believed. And they were strong in Him. And the promise had not yet been ratified. It had not yet been seen in real time. But they were building and trusting and resting on that promise as sure and as real as you and I have experienced the reality of it in our own daily life. Is it not true that the more we know of our own weakness and the limitations of ourself, it is the greater our dependency upon Christ will be. And that's where it should be. Because when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and that word of humbling, it is of acknowledging who we are and acknowledging our weakness and dependence. It's then that the Lord said, I will lift you up. I will then set you forward. Now yes, we are a very limited people. 
and spiritual strength is not of ourselves. And we will notice in the third place, it is the Lord who gives that strength to us. Verse 33, we're told, who through faith subdued kingdoms. So you have what again appears to be a strange thing because the people are said to be weak. But yet you have a description here of folks that don't sound very weak. They subdued kingdoms. They were great warriors and great conquerors. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. This is surely a reflection upon Samson and others who received their dead raised to life again. There are illustrations in the Old Testament that give us very clearly those examples of men and women of faith. They were not without the strength of God in them. They were able to do these things who through faith were made strong. The Old Testament church had the promises of the coming of the Lord. They knew that Christ must suffer. And yet such exploits that they were doing, they were accomplished by a people that were often outnumbered, without equal equipment, outmaneuvered, weaker in so many ways. And yet they obtained the victory. How did they do that? And they overcame, as Joshua did, all of the Canaanites. And they were not able to do that because they were a greater, mightier army than all the rest. The Lord said very clearly in Deuteronomy, it's not because you were this, this, and this. It's because you were actually weaker. You were more stubborn. You were more difficult. You were not mightier. But it was the Lord. And by His grace. And He put His hand upon them. The commentator David Dixon said, Neither fire nor water, nor man nor beast is so strong, but faith may make a weak man victorious over all. You sent your weakness tonight? It's not a bad place to be. But don't wallow in it. That's not a good thing. Don't wallow in it to make an excuse and say, Oh, I'm so weak, I can't do anything for God. That is not a faith. Acknowledging the fact that we are weak is acknowledging truth. But the step of faith will say, Yes, Lord, I am weak. You know my frame. But I'm not standing and remaining in that place. I am going to step out on what the Lord commands me to do and to say, I am strong in Christ. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And that was the hope the apostle had Old Testament kings, like Asa, for example, who had a great army that came against him. They outnumbered Judah more than one time. And yet he said, Lord, our eyes are upon you. We have no might. We have no energy. We have nothing against this great people and force that comes against us. We're outnumbered. And in our stand for truth today, we are outnumbered. Look at the news media. Uh, controlled completely by liberal left-wing thinking people, almost to a T, every news outfeed feed almost. 
And you think, well, is there anyone speaking truth today on the side of reality and right? And you will go a long way to find anyone who's doing such a thing. Ah, but friend, we are not to find our strength or our support or our victory in anything that comes from this world. But the Lord promised, and we thought about this on Wednesday evening, that one of you shall chase a thousand, and two shall put ten thousand to flight. Therefore we are called to pray for the peace of our city, that in the peace thereof we might also have the peace of God in our life and have the peace of the Lord to be able to witness and evangelize and speak the truth. These people knew the power of Christ resting upon them. And we tonight have the power of Christ resting upon us. Faith is a very precious gift. And the Lord has given it to us that we might make use of it, that we will be enabled to stand in our day. Not only have we received Christ by faith, but faith is how we will live. For the just one will walk by faith, will live by faith. We are told that the armor of God and the shield of faith is our possession. And we are to hold that to resist all the fiery arrows of the evil one. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And it is abundantly clear from this chapter, it's by faith and through faith that the people were able to overcome every obstacle that was against them. But wait a minute, you say, what about those people, it says, they were, they were sawn asunder. They were suffered the sword to go through them. They were martyred for their faith. And because of that, how were they made conquerors and victors? And on the surface you will say, that's defeat. They lost. There's no victory for those people at all. And from our feeble human vantage point, we would say, yeah, it seems like it's not a very nice thing and I wouldn't want that. We could only view it from our sovereign God's point of view. That when He sees His church and His people coming through the great parade that He is setting up, that He is seeing and observing, He sees the finish line. And He knows that those in His purpose who are allowed to suffer and ultimately go to a martyr's death, they will be given the crown of victory in life that far surpasses anything that would be called a defeat. It is victory and ultimate glory. We will be with our Lord. Friends, think now where and what might be your area of weakness. Some duty that your flesh would maybe shrink from, something you're afraid of, something you don't want to do, maybe intimidate you. Well, I'll tell you, bring that fear, specifically name it before the Lord. You bring that fear and that weakness to Him. And as you bring it to the Lord in prayer, say, Lord, I can't handle this. This is beyond me. 
you bring that prayer to the Lord. Maybe there's someone here, maybe you've been overcome with some temptation that is it just really debilitated you. It's, it's wrecked your, your testimony, your, your joy, some lust, something that's consumed a thought. Oh, dear friend, tonight I say to you, bring that to the Lord tonight in prayer. You find it's a battle to pray every day. It's a battle to get before God in private. Well, tell the Lord about it. Tell Him about your weakness in this area and say, Lord, I'm battling on this matter, but I need the victory. And the Lord, as you bring that to Him, He will answer that prayer. Why? Because it's His will. Because it's His desire that we would seek Him and know Him and walk with Him. Yes, friends. You say, I'm, I'm unable to speak for the Master. I can't witness to anybody. I'm so shy. I'm so backward. I, I can't say anything. You bring that to the Lord. And I say to you, as you bring those burdens and heart and prayer to Him, you say, Lord, strengthen me with might in the inner man. When I am weak, then I will be strong in Christ. And you will find the victory there. And when you do, you will know it is all of Him and it is nothing of self. So bring all of these things to the Lord. And faith in Christ, He will strengthen you. Do you long to be of some use in the work of God? Then attempt great things for God by faith. You say, I'm fearful and I'm afraid to step out and trust Him. I understand that. I know exactly what you mean. And another person might say, I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of coming to that point where I, I will be put in the grave. But remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the great conqueror of death. And He says, because I live you will live also. And all of these things are part of what it means to be a faithful follower of Christ. Friends, as we conclude tonight, let us use this gift of faith to live and serve God in victory. Let us see our position, our place, and we can be encouraged that God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things that are mighty he has chosen those things that are nothing. And that means us. He has chosen us to be useful in His kingdom. Therefore, let us stand strong in Him and be strong in our faith and not be cast aside and not be under the weight of it all, but to pray that we'll live each day in the joy and strength and power of Him who loves us with an everlasting love. Let's close our service tonight by singing number 596. 596. And camped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise, for faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We'll stand pleased to sing.
says, on every hand, the foe we find, drawn up in dread array, the tents of ease be left behind, and onward to the battle, salvation's helmet on each head, with truth all girt about, the earth shall tremble neath our tread, and echo with our shout. And dear friends, sometimes we wonder, do we see this in the church of Christ? Let us therefore walk by faith and acknowledge that the, we are on the victory side and the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back again and He's watching every step and every detail that we take and we in Him have the victory. Let's sing this final verse. Father, we pray tonight that there would be this joy and expectation that each one of us who know Christ would grow each day and walk more implicitly, implicitly through faith. Dear Father, we think of any tonight who are without the Savior here. They're watching online. Bring them to the foot of the cross. Bring them in repentance to the Lord Jesus Christ, and to call out, what must I do to be saved? And give them the joy and the peace of knowing of this so great salvation. Father, hear our prayers tonight. Bless our fellowship downstairs afterward. We receive, Lord, the give thanks for the things we will receive, and bless our time talking one with another. Hear our prayer. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen.